for the message today. This is very fitting that I dress appropriately. This is my Celtic hat, and we're going to be talking about Halloween and the believer. Halloween and the believer, it's a deathly mixture. It's a deathly mixture. So those red-headed Celts from where I'm from, of course, would be coming around, knocking on the doors of those evil, evil, evil people that hadn't complied. And today, it's no different. We have the death culture, and again, we've got the New World Order, the Illuminati that is hijacking it, this death culture. I'm going to wear this hat. Shall I wear it the whole teaching? Oh, I won't do that. I'm tempted, though. I like my religious head coverings, even if it's from a different religion. The Celtic hat. But Halloween really is, in all seriousness, it is a Celtic death festival. It's a Celtic death festival. And really, today, you can see it because spirits operate geographically and generationally. And we can see people getting so excited. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, growing up in England... There was Halloween, for sure. But then coming over to America to see the insanity of... It's like a $15 billion industry. Millions upon millions of dollars are now spent on your poodle as people dress up their animals. And you hear it about weeks and weeks in advance... I mean, it is a whole multi-billion dollar industry, and it's, it's insanity. And the culture loves it. It's the second biggest holiday in the United States after Christmas. I mean, it is so important to people. It's so important. And the sexuality and the perversion that is associated associated with it is just apparent for all to see. And who's the target of all that sexuality and perversion? The children that you're going to send out into the street amongst all the axe murderers and perverts. So now, though, we have a different thing that we can do, and we can call it trunk or treat, and let's Christianize it. Instead of sending your children out into the streets where they could get murdered or somebody could put a razor blade in an apple, now let's drive all the cars to the church parking lot and put our deck chairs out by the trunks, the boots of the car, and um, go from boot to boot, trunk to trunk. Because you know what? The spirit of compromise. Why not? In fact, let's not call it Halloween. Let's bring it into the assembly and we'll call it a harvest festival. Is that okay? I mean, don't we want our children to have the opportunity that the culture has? Don't we want our children to be able to dress up? Do we really want them to miss out on the culture? I mean, shouldn't we dress them up but just bring them into a safe place? bring them into a safe place oh yeah it'll be a christian style christian style it's the world but christian what's wrong with that let's do the harvest festival 
But if we're going to have a spirit of compromise, then is that what Yahweh has called for his people? To compromise? No. Excuse me while I adjust my costume here. I mean, I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy to compromise. I've always hated compromise. I'm sold out. When I was walking with the devil, I was sold out for evil and perversion and sickness. And now I'm sold out for Yahweh. I've been converted. And there is no compromise. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. I can't stand the spirit of compromise. We need to be a light. No, you know, excuse me, we don't need to be a light. We need to be a flamethrower on the sick and perverted world that's going to come knocking on your door and try and encroach upon your doorstep evil, sickness, and perversion. Because the target is the next generation. The target is the next generation because demons operate geographically and generationally. Oh, somebody in the back. I'm repeating. I'm repeating. We have to call it what it is. It's not a harvest festival. If you want to celebrate harvest, then Yahweh has made a place for you to do that. It's one of his seven festivals. It includes Sabbath, so you might want to start looking at Sabbath, and it's called Sukkot. So if you're going to do it right, you do it Yahweh's way, otherwise you don't do it at all. Evil is evil, sin is sin, and death is death. And the Illuminati has hijacked this death culture of Halloween. I mean, just coming to congregation today, there's a couple of Harley Davisons that are beside me. And there's death culture everywhere. Now they wear the cloths over their face that are the skeletons. But you see those skeletons and skulls on children's clothing, on fashion clothing. You can even open up a high-end men's catalogue and they've got the death bunny. You know, they try and dress it up and make it a little bit more sophisticated and it's, it's called the psycho bunny. And you see this, you know, on $200 scarves, you know, it's nice cashmere and what. So they're, they're targeting everybody. You see this death culture everywhere. I'm always very wary when people come in and I I look and I see, hopefully no one here today, when they're wearing a t-shirt and there's a wolf on it or some magician or there is a skull because you're communicating something to me that you're not spiritually discerning what you're even wearing because there is meaning behind it. Now the people with the death, they're all leaving. No, but you know what I'm saying? Isaiah 5.20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We need to be a culture of Yahweh, which is a culture of distinction. And if we can't distinguish between what is sick and what is disgusting and what is holy and kadosh, then we've got problems. And that is the spirit of compromise. And compromise has to stop with the believer at conversion. I mean, does the power of Yeshua fully overcome Satan and his evil ways or not? Does it? 
Well, if it does, then our life, our holidays, our days should demonstrate that. And the spirit of compromise says, oh, well, you know, it's Halloween. People are going to come to your door. You can witness. You've got the whole of the year to witness. Use that opportunity. This night is the Black Sabbath. It's the high Sabbath of the witches, the warlocks, and those in the evil culture. It truly is. It truly is. John 3.19. And this is the judgment that light has come into the world. And people love darkness. They love it. Oh, my goodness. They love it. Oh, it's Halloween. (laughs) Got anything orange and black we can wear? Maybe some fishnet stockings. These are men talking right here, you know. (laughs) I'm serious. They love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. For everyone who does wicked things, they hate the light. They don't like it when you call it what it is. They do not like... When you call it out, it's a spirit of compromise. Trunk or treat, whatever you call it, it has no place in the congregation of the righteous. They hate the light and that does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. You see, before the Romans, there was this mysterious illuminati meaning they were the enlightened power structure. There's nothing new under the sun. The Celts with the third eye right there. They were the Illuminati, the Illuminati enlightened power structure of black magicians that roamed around the English countryside. They were called Druids. They ruled ruled Gaul, And Britain through terror. People were terrified of this mysterious black cultic priesthood. They had people believing that the spirits of the dead would cross over into this world for three days between the autumnal equinox and the winter solstice. The time was called Sar. Ween, Sarween. And this was the Elohim, the God that they serve, Sarween. Now, in, in your English, you'll often see it looks as if it should be pronounced Sam Hain, but it's not. It's Sarween. And it's no different today. We're being ruled by a mysterious occult order that operates through promoting what? terror. The tyrants today are no different. They make the culture, the sheeple, believe that they need protection from the very terror cells that they create. They are the enlightened ones. It's the death culture. It is, again, what has been going on for millennia. Because it's always been that way. Satan rules through 
terror and subversive action and promotes a culture of death because there are many gods in this world. But there is only one Elohim and he is the Elohim of life. And people come to me and they can communicate all kinds of opinions and ideas which are liberal, conservative about the Elohim that they serve. And I simply say, I understand what you're saying, but I serve Yahweh And he is the Elohim of life. He is the creator from Genesis. What you're doing, is it producing life? Or is it producing death? That includes men's sexual perversion. Because the seed is supposed to go into the woman, your wife. If your seed goes anywhere else... Is that producing life or is it producing death? Because sexual perversion, pornography is huge within the church and with pastors. It's a disgusting subject. But if you went back to what I'm talking about, is your action producing life or are you producing death? then that tells you whether you should be doing it or not. And it clears up everything from abortion to sexual perversion. And that's the answer. Serve the Elohim of life and your actions will be all about life. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. So these Romans, they saw the wickedness of this Druid religion, this Druid black magic priesthood. In 1 John 1.15, it is written, This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that Elohim is is in fact light, and in him there is what? Just a little bit of darkness. No, there is no darkness. There is no darkness. John, Yochanan 8.12. And again, Yeshua spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world, he said. Whoever follows me won't walk in the darkness, evil sickness of Halloween. I'm paraphrasing, but you get my message. But they'll have a light of life. The light of life belongs in Yahweh's word and he has celebrated and communicated how to worship him in light through his Shabbats and his feasts and festivals. You see, there was a Roman work by Julius Caesar, and it was called the Gallic Wars. And it reports that the Druid priesthood, they demanded every household would give up a family member annually for sacrifice, or they would be cursed. Every family that survived in Druid-held territory had to betray a family member every year. You see, the death culture wants you to betray your family. How you can betray your family is by sending your children into the government re-education camps. You're betraying your children. Because Yahweh says that you have a charge, and that is what? It's part of the Shema that you will teach your children as they walk by the way, as they lie down and as they rise up. It doesn't say that some pagan compromised pervert 
will teach your children. Because you have to understand that if these people are sick and they are perverted, what kind of jobs would a sick, perverted person who wants to prey on children, what would be a perfect job for that person? It would be a job where they had access to children. How many times do you read in the newspapers, high school sports teachers, high school teachers, kindergarten teachers, the janitors that work in schools are caught doing despicable acts to children because they have what? Access. They work the system because they prey on people's trust. And we need to be a people that takes care of our own. We need to people be a people that takes care of our own. So I was saying about this Gallic Wars written by Julius Caesar, reports that the Druids would give up a family member from their household every year for sacrifice. They would betray a family member every year. Now, that is governments by severe terror, is it not? That is government by terror. It's psychological warfare. And that is no different than what we're experiencing today in the 21st century. Psychological warfare against your children. Have you vaccinated your child? You may even get a phone call from the pediatrician. Where's your child? They should be... They, psychological warfare. Well, they can't go and enroll in this program unless they do this. We need to draw blood. We need to take DNA. We need to heel stick your infant that's only been alive for two hours. Because we're going to process that in a data bank and have your DNA on file for the rest of your life. It's warfare, psychological warfare, no different by a terror organization. And they what? Get money from the government by profiting in death. Selling baby parts. We've just seen that recently in the past quarter. Wake up. What a sick and perverted world that we truly live in. So the Romans found that this, even to the Romans, this was despicable. It was so repugnant to the Romans when they got to Britain that they exterminated the Druid priest. They exterminated, excuse me, the Druid priesthood to extinction. They would burn them in the same style that they burned their victims in mass sacrificial bone fires. Bone fires. Galatians 5.16, it is written, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So Rav Shaliak Shaul is communicating to those out in the nations that are amongst the pagans. He's going to juxtapose walking in the Spirit with walking in the flesh. What are you walking in? For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are simply evident. If you're involved in sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, and the sorcery that is all wrapped up in Halloween, you are a compromised, carnal believer. Simple as that. You own it. You live a compromised life. There's no worse life to live than a compromised life. 
because we've only got one life. 1 Corinthians 10.21, you cannot drink the cup of the master and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the master and the table of Shadim, demons. Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, no part whatsoever, not even once a year with your spirit of compromise, but instead you expose it, you expose it. um, In Yochanan 1.11 it says, beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. That's what we should be practicing. Whoever does good is from Elohim. Whoever does evil has not seen, experienced that intimate relationship with Elohim. It's just religion to them. You see, All Hallows' Eve, it became, as we know today, Halloween. It originated in the 7th century of the Common Era. It was originally celebrated on the 13th of May, and it was a night for remembering the deceased dead saints and martyrs. You see, the Roman Catholic Church, whenever a person was martyred, they would become a saint. So they ended up with so many bloody saints that it was almost like every day they were worshipping the dead. Oh, this is another, oh, okay, it's another. And they're like, we've got to do something about this. How about we make one day a year and we'll just throw all the dead saints and we'll just worship them and they can intercede for us on that day. Now, the writer of the book of Hebrews says there is no mediator between Yahweh and man but the son himself, the Malkit said it. Not some dead pope that you pump full of formaldehyde, rolled out in the Vatican for 13 days, that his big fat finger swelled up so much that when you kissed it, it got stuck in your nose. I mean, that's what they did with it. I mean, can you imagine the stench of that guy? Disgusting. They need to do that to the next guy, the current guy, don't they? Seriously. But anyway, what happened then when they decided to take all those saints and roll them into one day, the date was changed by the Roman Catholic Church for that purpose from May 13th to November 1st, All Saints Day, in order to Christianize this evil, evil Sarween holiday. That's called syncretism. And it never works. It's the spirit of compromise. And the fruit of that is compromise because it's coming from the tree of compromise. First Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from every form of evil. You see, the Protestant settlers that came to America, they didn't even participate in Christmas or All Saints Day. Because they knew it was from hell. They knew it was just another superstitious way of the Celts. But that all changed when the Irish came over because the spuds weren't coming up out of the ground that year. The Irish potato famine of the 1840s. Now you get all the Irish coming over with all of their shamrocks, little elves, all of the little weird, crazy voodoo, not voodoo literally, but you know, basically all of the strange customs of the Irish. 
Irish. But I can say that because I'm actually a quarter Irish. And I grew up with all that kind of stuff. Oh, look how many, oh, look at the, oh, look what the tea bags say. Bloody tea bags. Really? Oh, let's see what the tea bags say. Seriously. That'd be my grandma, you know. Little kid, oh, really? It's PG tips. It says, make me another cup. But most of the immigrants that came over with the, cat, with the um, Irish potato famine, of course, they were Catholic. And they brought with them all the syncretism from the religious observances of the Celts, the land, the folklore, and of course, the Sarween demon death culture. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Do not unite together in marriage with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with Torahlessness? And what mingling has light with darkness? These are questions that we must answer. Yaakov, James 4.4. You adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world? It's enmity with Elohim. If you're a friend of the world, you are an enemy of Yahweh. That's a serious charge. If you're a friend of the world, you are an enemy of Yahweh. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of Eloah. Matthew 22, verse 37, it is written, The first and greatest commandment is thus, is to love Yahweh. Not with part of your heart, but with all of your heart, with every ounce of your being, and all your thoughts to be dedicated to Yahweh. Because Yahweh alone is the giver of life. He's the giver of all good things. To give recognition to false gods and to imitate practices that honored them is totally unacceptable to the Bible believer. It's idolatrous. It limits the power of Messiah. And that's the charge. You're limiting the power of Messiah by living a life of compromise. Christians who believe in the final authority of the Bible, which tells us not to participate in or practice the ways of the heathen, should be what? They should be ashamed. Ashamed of themselves for either participating in or providing an alternative to Halloween. Why? Spirits, demons operate geographically and generationally. Mishle, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Are you going to train your child up in a cult death culture? Then guess what? When they turn 18 and they start cutting themselves with razor blades to get attention, when they start wearing death culture and they're hopped up on prescription pills that the New World Order is funding through the Obama program, they're so depressed and they're suicidal, you wonder why. What did you train them up on? The death culture? They're going to love death. Did you let them lock themselves in their room and jingle away to Beyonce and Katy Perry? Did you? 
well, then you are going to expect the fruit of that. But if you do not compromise and you train your children up in the word of Yahweh, will they depart from it? We have a promise and a guarantee. We have to live our lives with hope and faith because that's the only life that we're called to. And we've all made mistakes, but we can stop today. I'm not condemning people. I was raised in a death culture. I did lock myself in the, my bedroom, but I, there was no Katy Perry back then. Well, maybe, yeah, she would have been a Christian, right, before she sold her soul to... And I think, actually, she admits that publicly. She grew up in a Christian home, but who knows what compromise was going on there. James 1.27, pure and undefiled religion to Abba Yahweh is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. Romeo, Romans 13.12, the night is far gone. The day, it is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let's put on the armor of light. Ephesians 5, 7. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you're in the light of the master. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good, all that is right, all that is true. And try to discern. That's the big thing. People have no discernment. And try to discern what is pleasing to the master. That's the problem. You can study all you want, but if you don't have the gift of discernment, you're going to be up the creek without a paddle. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. It's all about exposing the Illuminati death culture. I mean, do you remember a bloke called Hank Hanegraaff? The Bible answer man. Pretty proud, right? Can you imagine? Hey, I'm going to name myself the Bible answer man. You got a question about the Bible? I got the bloody answer for you. Here's what he really calls himself. The Bible, all right, lofty fellow. Self-proclaimed, I see. Won't question your authority. Hank Hanegraaff, the self-proclaimed Bible answer man. He thinks a lot of himself, I think, to name himself that. Well, listen to our old mate, our old buddy, our old pal. Listen to what he has to say about Halloween. You'll end up scratching your head because he gets it, but then he doesn't get it. He gets it, but then he doesn't get it. He goes on to say this about Halloween. It was a celebration of Druid priests from Britain and France that commemorated the beginning of winter. It was a night on which the veil between the present world and the world beyond was pierced. The festivals were marked by animal sacrifices, offerings to the dead, and bonfires in recognition of the departed souls. It was believed that on this night, demons, witches, hobgoblins, and elves were released en masse to harass and to oppress the living. For self-preservation, many druids would dress up as witches, devils, and ghouls and would even 
involve themselves in demonic activities and thus make themselves immune from attack. Yet in spite of these confessions, Hank Hanegraaff, out the other side of his mouth, says, it's okay to um, do this as a Christian. We're going to Christianize it. We're going to be zealous. We're going to witness to them. So he gets it, but he doesn't get it. No discernment, you see. Ephesians 5, 6. Let no one deceive you, not even our buddy, our old pal, our good mate, Hank. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of Eloah comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are a light in the master. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good, that is right, that is true. And trying to discern what is pleasing to the master. Second Peter 2.1 But there were false Nevim prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false pastors among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. It's no different. Ezekiel 44 verse 23. And they shall teach my people the difference between the kadosh holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. That's the biggest problem that we have with religion in the West. They can't discern between clean and unclean. And because of that, Simple, what you put into your body, you're defiling your body. If you can't discern between ham and kosher chicken, then how the hell are you going to discern between Sukkot and Halloween? Sukkot and Christmas. It's all about discernment. You've got no discernment. You think you're in some funky Gentile religion of syncretism. Oh, but I'm not a Catholic. But you're doing everything that is Catholic. I've got nothing against Catholics. Unless they're Irish. No, sorry, I didn't say that. It is, though. The Black Sabbath of witches, October the 31st. And Yeshua says to us all, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do the things that I say? Why do you do that? You see, witches were said to fly around on brooms over crops so they could teach the crops to grow. It was a fertility myth. In reality... Halloween is the festival of Sarween. Time was believed to stand still and the souls of the dead walked amongst the plains of central England. Gifts of food were left out for those roaming ghouls with the hopes of fending off evil from the household. It was Celtic New Year. 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us how we should address 
food. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, glorify Yahweh. That doesn't mean compromise. It means, is this what you're partaking of, glorifying Yahweh, or is it glorifying Satan? 1 Thessalonians 5.21 Do not reject prophecies. Test them all. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from all. That means all, which means all forms of evil. And may the very Elohim of Shalom separate you complete. Oh, I don't want to be separated from the culture. I don't want to stand out. You see, October the 31st is the most important day in the satanic year. It's the most important day. That's the thrust for this day. It's Satan's birthday in reality. Now, this, of course, steps on people's toes, but birthdays are actually Satan's day. Three times they're mentioned in the Bible, and it's always associated with what? Sacrificial death. Well, it is. You get Pharaoh and the baker. Well, his day gets over pretty quick, doesn't it? Then we've got Job's children. And then we have, of course, good old Herod decides to lop the head off of Yochanan Hamatbil. Those, you want to talk about birthdays in the Bible? There you have it. Nothing good happening but death and the death culture because it's an invention of Satan, because if you want to celebrate things Yahweh's way, you live a righteous life, and the day of your death is a day of recognizing how you lived. Because who knows when you're born what your life's going to turn out like. But when Abraham died, what happened? They had a festival to celebrate his righteous life. That's the way to do things biblically. And I understand I'm pushing against the culture there here. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3. It says, For I am a jealous over you with the jealousy of Yahweh. For I have given you in marriage to one husband, that I may present you as an innocent virgin to Messiah. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Havah, Eve, Through his tricks, so your minds, your minds will become corrupted away from the simplicity of which is in Yahweh. The simple things of Yahweh are A, B, C. Sabbath, feasts, and festivals. It's very simple. It becomes very complicated and trickery when you try to discern what's going on with the nations and the syncretism of what has now come into the church. So again, October the 31st, it's the beginning of the Celtic New Year and the end of the growing season. Now again, some churches will try and throw you off the trail with trickery here and they'll do a bit of an old-fashioned harvest festival. But again, if you want to celebrate harvest, then do it Bible ways, and that is Sukkot. Because Halloween, it's still a festival of death. The God of the Celtics was to have called up the spirits of the wicked dead who had died during the past year. And at the same time, other evil spirits arose and went around 
the countryside harassing the townspeople on October the 31st. The Celts expected to be harassed by ghosts, evil spirits and demons. It wasn't fun and games to them. It was oppressive, demonic, and it was the priesthood of dark occult magic. 1 Samuel 15, 23. For rebellion, for rebellion is the sin of divination and witchcraft. You're in rebellion against Yahweh if you compromise with Halloween. You're truly in rebellion. You're in presumption. And it's an iniquity and it's idolatry because you have rejected the Bible words of Yahweh. You will find that he will ultimately reject you. This is how we're to live. And if it's not in here, don't do it. They would light bone fires to guide the spirits to their own town and to ward off evil spirits. Certain children would be burned alive on these bone fires as offerings to Sahween and offerings to the sun. Parents would tie yellow ribbons around oak trees as prayers to the sun to have their children returned and spared. And we see that today. Parents are, 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 are mourning that their sons are in Afghanistan and will they come back? And what do they do? Now they get the metallic yellow ribbon and stick it to their car. But where does this come from? It comes from Halloween. It comes from Sahween worship, where you would hope that your children would be returned to you. We live in a death culture. Deuteronomy 12.1 The nations serve their gods under every green tree. Destroy their high places, their obelisks, which the New World Order is throwing up in cities all across America. Burn their Easter images, Ashtoreth images with fire. Cut down their carved images and destroy their names. You shall not worship Yahweh your Elohim in such a manner. Druids, their God was Woden. Where we get Wednesday, Woden's Day, the fourth day of the week. We're immersed in it. We can't see the wood for the trees. 1 Corinthians 10.9. Neither let us test Messiah. Don't test Messiah as some of them also tested and were destroyed by serpents. You see, the Celts, they had priests called Druids. And growing up in England... You still witness a lot of this Druid activity. I, would, I went to boarding school near the Salisbury Plain. And if many of you are familiar with the geography and the lay of the land in England, the Salisbury Plain is none other where, than where Stonehenge is. So we used to go up when I was a kid... I used to go up into the hills around the Salisbury Plain with all the gypsies and do drugs and get high and do all of that crazy stuff with all that druid occult activity. It was all up there. The gypos we used to, my mum was, you going to go and hang out with those gypos again, she'd say. That's what, because she knew what we were doing up there. 
And it was all, even then, we were like 14 years old. It was all druid occult, crazy stuff with sex, orgies and drugs all going on around the Salisbury Plain. And when it came to the few days leading up to October 31st, they had to get more police out than you could imagine because the police realized that this was becoming a huge problem. It would get bigger and bigger and bigger each and every year as the solstices came and went. And this was the death culture. And when I was a kid, it was really big that you would, if somebody went off on holiday, that you then would enter into their house and you'd be what? A squatter. And you had squatter's rights. And we'd go to all these houses and I'd spend the summer in these houses with swimming pools. And there would be like 20 kids with everybody living there. Because you had squatter's rights. This is what I grew up doing. Swimming in pools and, and doing drugs and involved in all of this druid death culture of the gypsies around the Salisbury Plain. It was insanity and the government couldn't do anything about it because of the liberal laws of the land. It's, it's still going on today. It's still going on today and of course it's all surrounded about Stonehenge. And today you'd still see those modern day druids would go what? From house to house to see who was in and who wasn't so they could trick or treat them. And if they weren't in, squatters' rights. And then what happened was even worse. But it all was a big night. Of course, October 31st, let's go trick or treating. Squatters' rights. Where does it all come from? Again, the locals are still tormented today by this occult magic and police have to patrol the Salisbury Plain to keep druid criminal activity at bay. And I was involved in all that at 14 years old. Insane. Insane. But it was all part of the culture. But it wasn't commercialized like it is over here. Oh, no, we didn't go get dressed up or anything like that. You see, it was a cult. It was subversive. And it was so ingrained that it was dark. And it was evil. And it was always involved sex and drugs. Because that is what you see. People are going to be involved in more alcohol, drugs, and sexual perversion. That's why all of the costumes are geared that way this time of year. Because this is druid territory. And you can't divorce it from its origins. This is druid territory. Witchcraft is witchcraft. Demons are demons. And sin is sin. Leviticus 19 verse 31 I don't even know. My wife knew about that. I'm going to be in trouble when I get home. We'll have an, well, if we ever have an argument, which we never do, she's going to call me a squatter. <laughs> you squatter! Go out to the barn. 
That's what used to happen, see, because my mother, she knew that I did that stuff. So whenever I misbehave, she had no problem kicking me out of the house and not worrying where I was going to sleep. Because she knew that, oh, I know what you're up to. We'd be on the way back from London. I'd be fighting with my brothers and sisters in the car. She would literally pull over, be 40 miles from home. Get out. Get out. I have to get out of the car because she knew... I'd be hitchhiking and I'd figure it out because she knew that her son was involved in a bunch of crazy stuff and she didn't know how to control me. And then she found this thing called boarding school. (laughs) Solved all the problems. But in times past, the Druids, though, they did carry and carve up these large turnips which they hollowed out. And then they would carve these demon faces because these turnips with the demon faces would be, become the very charms that would lead them. Each one was believed to contain the demon spirit that personally led or guided that priest and it was his own personal little demigod. Later, this was developed into a rite where the leftover fat from the children's bodies on the bone fire that were sacrificed to Sarween, the leftover fat of the sacrificial children that that would then be collected and it would be fashioned into a candle and then it would be placed inside the carved out turnip, which later became a pumpkin, and that sacrificial victim was the poor Jack of the Lantern. Do you understand what you're doing when you are allowing your children to carve pumpkins? This comes from the sacrificial fat of children. The candle that was placed. This is insanity. You are yoking yourself with so much demonic activity that is generationally now coming into your children. And you wonder why we have a death culture. And why there is so much suicide and cutting going on with the youth today. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. All these things, they happened several centuries before Yeshua, the sacrifices. But sacrifices were made to the gods, especially to the gods of death. It's been going on for millennia. But the Druids, they had this particular way of doing it that instilled terror among the plains folk of central England and southern England. The god of death, Sarween. Sacrifices to Sarween were offered from animal to vegetable and later, Jack of the Lantern, a combination of both. This went on and on and people don't realize it. But we have to understand that the the death culture stemmed from originally where? Nimrod. And then it got exported into the nations. So you see this death culture that even predates the Druids. You see some of the festivals and the sacrifices that then 
went and got exported from Gaul up into Britain that the Druids took hold of, the Jack of the Lantern. And the Druids, they would often take a sacrificial victim. They would put the sacrificial victim in a wooden wicker cage. And then they would bring the cage before the people. And then they would set the person on fire fire inside of the cage. Now, what many people don't realize this year is when ISIS did that to the Jordanian pilot, that was actually a Druid rite, but it predates the Druid rite because Nimrod had exported these rites to the nations. So even the Islamic world is practicing many of these things. That was none other than a Halloween sacrificial ritual of a Jordanian pilot. You see, but we don't understand this because we don't understand our history. It's all part of that death culture, that death culture. Deuteronomy 18.10, There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. One who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to Yahweh. And because these detestable things that Yahweh your Elohim will drive them out before you. In 1 John 3, 4, it says... Whoever committeth sin also commits lawlessness, for sin is lawlessness. It's none other than necromancy and divination. Because this October the 31st, this was the night of fortune telling and divination. When the ghouls would draw close and they'd give you some special secret magic. They called on S.A. Tan to bless their efforts. This is where we get the custom today of bobbing for apples. How many of you bob for apples? That's very big in America. They would put apples in a tub and bob for them. The one who came up first without putting the apple in his teeth was to have good luck throughout the next of the year. The Druids would then peel the apples and throw the peeling over their shoulders and then they'd quickly turn around and they'd look for an apparition of a ghoul who would then tell them a fortune. Deuteronomy 18.9 When you enter the land which Yahweh your Elohim gives you, you shall not learn, you shall not imitate the detestable things of those nations. In the 8th century, the Roman Catholic Church made allowances to accommodate the barbarians. And in an effort to get the people to stop the festival of Sarween, they invented, like I said, All Saints Day on November 1st. This again was a poor attempt to get the people to turn away from the horrible observances of Sarween. All Saints Day was intended to honor the martyrs of the Roman persecutions. But like I said, syncretism, it never works. Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellent, 
excellence. And if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Spend your time on these things. Does Halloween fit this mold of holiness? Does dabbling in witchcraft and the occult once a year bring honor, bring glory to Yahweh? These are simple questions and hopefully simple answers. You see, during the Middle Ages, there was a great revival of satanic practices and witchcraft and magic. People began to look to the occult for answers. We see that more today than any other time in the history of mankind. People are looking to darkness and the occult for answers because of the spirit of compromise in the Christian church. When you compromise, people won't look to you because your light goes out. So they look where? They look to the darkness because the darkness isn't compromising. It's just dark, demonic, and evil. And they call it what it is. It's the death culture. They entice you with that. We see this today. Villagers look to the ghouls to intercede in times of harvest and drought. And they believe that witches traveled on those broomsticks to the Black Sabbaths to worship Satan on October the 31st. They were guided by ghouls in the form of black cats. The Druids worshipped cats, believing them to be reincarnated evil people. Do you realize that since the 1990s, animal shelters, they don't let you adopt black cats for the two weeks preceding Halloween. Animal shelters since the 1990s. This is from the New York Daily News. Quote, this is a time when blood rituals take place, says Hedy Litke, director of animal placement at the ASPCA. Black cats are often sacrificed. See, they're very well well aware of it in the death culture because it's all part of the synchronistic form of worship. This festival has survived because the Roman Catholic Church put their stamp of approval on it. And of course, it's courtesy of the Irish immigrant influx at the time of the potato famine. The church became yoked with the devil himself in celebrating this very festival. All Saints' Day became All Hallows' Day. Hallow means holy or sacred. Are you calling this a holy day? October the 31st is the evening before All Hallows' Day and came to be called in the Western world All Hallows' Evening. And then all Halloween. Een, of course, being an abbreviation for evening. The word was reduced to the way we have it today, Halloween. That's where the name came from. And that's why people go out on Halloween. It has nothing to do with the Christian faith. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It's purely the spirit of compromise. Hoshea. 4.6, Hosea 4.6. Why do people do it? Why do believers do it? They're not going out trying to be evil. Because my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you. That you shall not be a priest to me, seeing you have forgotten the Torah 
of your Elohim, I also will forget your children. It's going to affect your generations because you've forgotten the Torah. He's not going to have you as a priest under the order of Melchizedek because you're too busy practicing the priestly rituals of the Druids and the occult. You made a choice. You chose wrong. Do not join a denomination. Join the priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood. The whole theme of Halloween today is one of darkness, death, fear, threats, destruction, and pure evil. There's bats. Oh, yes. There's owls. Spooky. There's witches and broomsticks and ghosts and death and monsters. There's even this thing. I just had to put it on one more time. You can dress your children up as zombies. I've got my eye on you. Demons. You can dress your children up as witches, ghouls, werewolves. Then send them out into the streets where all the perverts and murderers are. Because your city, there house all the child molesters in your neighborhood. That's what they do. They don't send them out into the country. No, the city sends the child molesters into the neighborhoods. They get a little posting at the library or maybe on a tree or maybe a little tag down at the bar. This pervert is coming to your neighborhood soon. And this is all allowed. Oh, you've got to give them a second chance. Yahweh would say, cut their nuts off. And am I allowed to say that? I, do, I think we might have a scriptural verse that supports that, right? If it causes you to sin, cut it off. We'd, we'd solve the problem real quick. Real quick. But that's what people do. They threaten They demand food. They send their kids out into the darkness to reenact the Druid rituals, demanding food from people under threat of tricks or curses if they don't comply. But look at the costumes available for children today at Halloween. We've got costumes for seven to eight-year-old girls and even younger that are just darn right degrading. The vast majority of those sold in stores are unabashedly sexually alluring. It's despicable. Combine that with the influence of fantasy role-playing games that we have today, Dungeons and Dragons, and all the lyrics and symbolism and the influence, like I said, of Beyonce and Katy Perry and their music and their performance festivals, which are totally occult. It's no wonder The spirit of compromise has invaded the church. Isaiah 8.13, But the master of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Not the culture, not those threatening. And now with legal pot in Oregon, I'm having to deal with personally with teenage stoner gangs, their symbols, their vandalism. You see it more with this teenage suicide and, like I said, cutting by adolescents dabbling in the occult, 
Crimes committed by self-styled satanic practitioners, including grave robberies, church desecrations, animal mutilations, and even, even murders. And out the children go. Out the children go into the streets at night. Really? Not with a turnip, no. Oh, no, we'll send them out with a big, massive pumpkin. With a demon face carved in it. Can you imagine sharing this to somebody from some culture? that They'd go, you people are nuts. Insane. We've still got apple bobbing, divination, fortune telling, haunted houses, candles lit and spirits cooled up. There'll be orgies, there'll be whoremongering, there'll be Ouija boards, there'll be seances, there'll be calling up the dead, all in the spirit of this holiday called Halloween. The Wiccan and the Druids today will sacrifice dogs, cats, rats, chickens, goats, and even humans. Oh, no, they don't. Follow the police reports the following weeks after Halloween. Isaiah 8.19. And when they say to you, inquire of mediums and necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their Elohim? Should they inquire of the dead? On behalf of the living, should you inquire of the dead saints that the Roman Catholic Church says that you should? No. Let's talk about, because everybody wants to talk about this, because it's about shining the light in the darkness. Let's talk about satanic ritual abuse, SRA for short, and the Halloween connection. Because it's very real. I'm sorry it's disturbing, but it's real and we need to shine the light on the darkness. Ritualistic abuse of children is a huge part of this sick and bizarre ceremonies that are conducted at Halloween. And it does include human sacrifice. It's organized, it's traditional. And it is multi-generational. There are satanic groups all over the globe that are involved in organized conspiracies. You don't believe me? Oh, yeah. They're taking over day centers, schools, foster programs, and even infiltrating police departments. There was a huge thing going on in England right now about what was going on with Jimmy Savile and the politicians in the 1980s. Now, if you're not familiar with Jimmy Savile, he was an old git that worked for charity that had access to all these children. He was friends with the royals and with the politicians. He's dead now, but they found out that this guy was a pedophile and had a huge pedophile ring with the prime minister and the politicians, the head of police departments in England from the 80s onward. There was a thing last year where there was a community in central England, a town with a police department, a church, 
a daycare center that were all wrapped up in child sacrifice and ritualistic child abuse. And people don't want to deal with this. But it's documented. It's documented and it's multi-generational. Closer to home, we've got trafficking in human sacrifice victims. Have also, in America, infiltrated the Department of Justice and the Pentagon. Here's a bizarre incident. It's from the local NBC affiliate in Miami, WBBH-TV. Stephanie Pitsy confirmed assertions by police in Parker, Florida, that the people involved in the July murder of 16-year-old Jacob Hendershot were, in fact, in a vampire cult. Pitsy, who was arrested last Monday and charged with accessory to murder, said she sees herself as a modern-day Dracula. Quote, Since I was like 12, every fiber in my body, basically everything, I know this is going to be crazy and sound crazy, but I believe that I'm a vampire and part werewolf. This is what Pitsy told the TV station. And this isn't just an isolated incident. Because we've got this cultural fascination of what? Zombies, vampires, death. It's all in the culture and it is being presented from Hollywood on out in the music, in the movies, in the books. In England, we've got, we've got what is that um, silly thing everybody's into? Yeah, Harry Potter. Harry Potter, Harry Potter, whatever. I mean, you look in the background about this woman. She was traveling on the, the train and she got like all of this information given to her. And she was, there's a thing called the Satanists do where, where, where it's automatic writing. I forget about what, what it's called. What's it called? Ouija board. But there's also this thing where there's writing. They, um, what's it called? Anybody? Anyway, that's what she was doing. Somebody will figure it out. It's crazy, but these aren't isolated incidents that are happening. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed with this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of Elohim, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. Now, listen as I read this. This is an article from the Christian Post. Just a few months ago, a 19-year-old in Texas claiming to have been a 500-year-old vampire needing to be fed broke into a woman's home, threw her against the wall and tried to suck her blood. This is insane. But this was reported by the Christian Post. There are some groups that actually use breeders to produce babies that will be used for child sacrifice. Listen to what Nancy Dunn, and she was raised in a Satanist family, she told this to CBN, quote, My father worked in the aerospace industry. My mother worked for a doctor. On the outside, we just looked normal. 
but nobody knew what was going on behind closed doors. My father was actually a satanic high priest. So he did all kinds of evil things. He sexually assaulted me, took me to satanic rituals. My father actually used me as a baby breeder, which means I was impregnated so satanists could have a baby to sacrifice to the devil in their satanic rituals. As soon as I was able to have a baby, I was pregnant. And many many Christians will say, well, we don't take it seriously. We're not actually worshipping the devil. Well, you may not take it seriously, but Scripture says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principles, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan does take it seriously. And so do Satan's helpers. They take it seriously. And believe it or not, so does Yahweh take it seriously. And unless you want to face the judgment, so should you. Oh, but that's not what it means to me. I don't care. You're not God. You're a child of the wicked culture of compromise and you need to repent, is my answer. Submit yourselves, therefore, to Yahweh. Resist the devil and he will flee from you and you won't have the problems in your mind, in your family, And in your life, do not be overcome by evil. But we need to overcome evil with good. There is no biblical origins for Halloween. There is no biblical mandate of compromise. Yahweh will spew you and I out if we compromise. That's why I am radically on fire for righteousness. There is no compromise. There is no room. We have no time. Halloween needs to be repented of so that we can return to where Yahweh wants us to go. Deuteronomy 4.26 Yahweh will scatter you among the peoples and you will be left few in number among the nations where Yahweh drives you. There you will serve gods, the the work of man's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. And in closing, there's a stern warning for us. Outside are the dogs, are the sorcerers, are the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves, oh, and they love it. And practices falsehood. Love righteousness. Love Yahweh. Love what he has in place for us. For worship. And never compromise. Because the spirit of compromise. Is the territory of the devil. Questions? Comments? Turnip? Pumpkins?
Wow, yeah. Anton LaVey, yeah. In fact, I believe, let me, I'll go, um, there, was a, there was a serial killer back in the 70s, son of Sam, okay? Son of Sam, he was um, involved in a bunch of satanic ritual murders on and around Halloween in the New York area in this very occult garden where they would actually make bone fires and everything. And it was because he had been, um, uh, he had been possessed by the satanic ghouls that would come out on Halloween. And that's when he got involved and became this serial killer. Um, but now he's been in prison for like 40 years. He's got his own website and he's a born-again believer and a follower of Yeshua. And he gives you his whole testimony that this time of year is truly their Black Sabbath. And he just, no bones about it. I mean, he's apparently converted, had a real conversion experience, and is now sold out for Yeshua. And um, it's an amazing turnaround. But he tells you, hey, this is what happened. I mean... No bones about it. Pure, pure evil. It's not fun and games. It's serious. And again, it's all about that next generation. That's what Satan wants to attack is the next generation. Yeah. So next week we'll get back onto the Malkit Zedek Road. But I really felt, I've never done a teaching on Halloween. And um, now having a school and lots of young people around me. I mean, I I just see so much that I, I haven't seen before. Well... Not in 25 years. And it's different now. It's different. I mean, when, we, when I was a kid and involved in crazy stuff was one thing. But now, there's a lot more pain. There's a lot more hurt. And there's, there's a lot more um, occult that's acceptable. Um, and I see a lot of it during the week. And it, it's real troubling, especially being downtown in Salem and with these young people. My heart really goes out to them, you know. Again, but they're not being taught. They're not being taught by their parents. They're not being taught, even if they're Christians in the church, they're not being taught. And that's what really maddens maddens me. And I see these girls are, are, are newly converted and they get born again and they've got the scars of where they've tried to kill themselves. They've got um, all, all kinds of stuff that, you know, there's, there's a lot of pain there. And my heart is for the youth that they would really see that there's a hope and a better way um, not only in the world, but ultimately to glory. So, amen. Oh, we do want to close in prayer. And also, I want to make an announcement. We're very excited. We have a Russian translator that we want to welcome to the Torah to the Tribes ministry that's going to be um, translating for us over in Russia. So we're really excited about that. I believe also um, German as well. We have German and what? Arabic as well. Isn't that amazing? We're looking for Spanish. So anyway, Father, we thank you so much. We ask that you would guard, surround, and protect your people. The Abba, that you would destroy the works of darkness and the spirits of compromise. And the Abba, that you would truly take back the territory that has been given. And the Abba, that your people would raise up the banner of righteousness to this generation for the sake of the next generation to come. 
in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.